what's going on what's going on my people my people my people oh how are y'all doing today welcome to another episode of through a culture lens i'm your host michael anthony and of course i'm here as always with the best host on youtube miss amber gray how are you doing girl doing well doing well doing well you know snow uh -huh. day another snow day Right. It's a little sleepy day over here, so and a little stir crazy with the toddler, but otherwise good. How about you? I'm good. You know, yeah, I've been snowed in. You know, we've been just getting this crazy weather. You know, I mean, I know. And, you know, definitely everybody, wanna, everybody. <laughs> you know, it, especially when to give the people out in Texas and you know all around that don't have any power right now. You know, I can only imagine. Yeah. You know what you guys are going through. You know, um, so you know, prayers to you guys for going through what you're going through. I mean, them rolling blackouts yeah. and everything that's going on. That's just crazy that they're hitting that kind of stuff. I know my my brother sent me because you know they're in Addison, Texas. So he okay. sent me some videos over the couple of days ago. I'm like, whoa, this is that's a lot. Really? Yeah, it's and, a lot, and, and it's and not a place that they're expecting that. You know, that's not a place that they're used to that kind of weather. So it's mm -hmm. been some dramatic videos I've been seeing. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen quite a few uh, things about that. You know, but um, of course, you know, wherever you guys are at watching this at home, you know, please be safe out there with this weather and yeah, this COVID please. that's going on right now. And of course, you know, shout us out of, uh, you know, where you're from, you know, I don't think we've asked people on the show, like where they're from, you know, are they, you know, yeah, let from us know. Yeah, yeah, let us know, you know, see how you're doing out there and, you know, whatever land that you're in, you know, but of course you that's are the right. third host of the show. So we always welcome comments from you guys. All right. Well, that's we can... And we can go ahead and get right to it because we have a, a pretty big show that we want to sort of uh, take you guys down. And of course, as we you know start with every show, it's the uh, industry news. And we got some information today about Mr. Donald Glover, you know, uh, a.k.a. Childish yeah. Gambino. Uh, yeah. You know, he got a six figure deal or what was it? Eight figure. I'm sorry. An eight figure deal from Amazon. Right. Mm -hmm. I um, think we conjured him once again. Do you know, we talked about him yesterday. <laughs> about Atlanta and missing the show and really loving how he created those characters. And then you're like, uh, here you go. Here's the, here's the article. I'm like, why do we keep doing this? When we're it's, talking about somebody who's not really in the media like that. And here they come. It is so funny. Yeah. Cause yesterday me and Amber, we do this all the time. Like yesterday while we were talking about the show, going through it, Donald Glover just happened to come up. We were talking about, you know, what he was doing, you know, about the other projects and stuff. And we said, we haven't heard from him. And then all of a sudden this morning we get that he signs a eight figure deal with uh, Amazon. He's doing a Amazon TV show called Mr. And Mrs. Smith, which is a spinoff of the Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie movie. Um, yep. and, and it's by, and it's a interracial uh, relationship as it well. Um, and then also he is coming back with Atlanta. You know, two more uh, seasons have been ordered. Yep. Yeah, two more seasons, but how long has it been since Atlanta's been out, though? Gosh, I want to say, what was that, 2017? I mean, it's been a long been time. A while. I mean, yeah. this, he's creeping on Star Wars years coming up. He's doing he's he's doing a, a, a Cameron. He's doing a Cameron where he's it doing takes him like 10 years to come out with the movie. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, just take your time. But, you know, definitely big up to him. You know, I remember him watching him when he was in Community. Uh, yep. With him and... Uh, 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 a uh, bed, I think is his name. Uh, the two characters that that, that they were on. Uh, I didn't Community. watch much. I didn't watch that show. Oh much. man, they were yeah. so hilarious. They were so hilarious. And then you know, Childish mm -hmm. Gambino, and then uh, Atlanta came out, and then he just kind of blew up. And I guess he's just been cooking. I liked his last album too. His last album I thought was pretty dope. I have actually loved almost all his albums. <laughs> I'm actually a big Childish Gambino fan. He's he, you know, so definitely big up to the guy. So you know, soon we'll be hearing about you know uh, what he has going on. But right. of course, you know. 
as we told most of you guys last week and you know the post that we put up is that today we're going to be doing a review on judas and the black messiah of course this movie just came out on friday so it's been about seven days you know since it came out so we was able to watch it when it first came out on friday on hbo max of course there were some people who probably went out and saw it in the theater um right and you know we just wanted to you know after it's been out for a while just kind of come and give our review you know we're filmmakers we look at things critically and of course whatever you know everybody has to say in the chat you know about how they feel about the movie exactly it was going to be some spoiler alerts so if you haven't seen it just just know that huge spoiler alerts yeah so if you have not seen this you may <laughs> want to come back and we're try to be good about not giving too many spoiler alerts but in this one we have to because we have to give it up um you know as far as what we're going to be talking about so of right. course you know the first thing you know, we sort of want to jump into is, you know, the acting, you know, that's the thing that we see the first, you know, whenever we get into, you know, any movie, you know, the actors, you know, who they portraying and things like that. What was your thoughts on the acting of the film? I actually liked it. Um, I thought that everybody did a pretty good job. I think the, the areas where I kind of had some question marks a bit and when mm -hmm. I, cause I watched it twice because I wanted to get a better idea um, mm -hmm. of the things that I liked because when I first watched it I kind of walked away going ho-hum just slightly I, I thought it was a great film mm -hmm. there's some areas that when I first watched it I said well, I'm not sure how I feel um let me watch it again but as far as the acting is concerned I think Daniel Kaluuya um as I've watched some video more videos of Fred Hampton and his dialect and how he spoke I think Daniel Kaluuya did a pretty good job I think mm -hmm. in the beginning it was kind of threw me off just a, just a tad bit mm -hmm. um and I kind of, I think that's probably what kind of, I kind of had my eyebrow raised. Like, mm, I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm really in love with the acting so far. Mm -hmm. But on the second run, and kind of just like I said, doing some more research on that kind of Chicago dialect, um, which kind of has a southern, kind of a southern draw to me slightly. Mm -hmm. um, I think, it, I think it did a great job. And yeah. then as far as Lakeith uh, Stanfield, you know, you know, we've talked about him before, and I, I think mm -hmm. it was really good that we talked about kind of like his his approach to acting yesterday when we had that uh, discussion, because at first he, he was making me laugh a little bit. I'm like, he's not a comedy. Right. Why is he right. kind of chuckle right. just a little bit? I think it had a lot to do with what you were saying. He's kind of a character. He, he kind of is more of like a character actor, or mm -hmm. he brings out more of like his personality, a personality actor, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to more of like a method and getting deep yeah. into the role. However, he might actually be more method as we get into this conversation about him right. therapy after this role, kind of did a number on him. Mm -hmm. But I think um, he's so relaxed as an actor, you can kind of plop him in any kind of movie and he mm -hmm. just kind of like fits, mm -hmm. um, but he almost comes across as the same right. at times. Right. So that kind of um, was a little bit of like a, when I first watched it, I went, oh, this is literally mm -hmm. the same guy I watched in the portrait. Mm -hmm. the same guy in you know atlanta mm -hmm. but i think actually he did a really good job too as i go back and all the supporting uh characters mm -hmm. deborah's character great job she did a fantastic yes. job mm -hmm. um the fbi agent um mm -hmm. he did a really good job as mm -hmm. well um and then shout out to um jesse Plemons. martin sheen right yeah, yeah, that martin, yeah. martin sheen, sheen. Martin yeah. sheen played yeah uh, j edgar hoover uh, jesse Plemons, That's right. who was the uh, agent, uh, of course, Lakeith Stanfield played Bill O'Neill, Daniel Kaluuya played Fred Hampton, and uh, Domin no, no, I'm sorry, yeah, Dominique Fishback played. Yeah, uh, she was Deborah. Deborah Johnson, who is now what's how you pronounce her name? Uh, Nigeri. I think it's Nigeri Akua. I think Akua Akua Nigeri. Nikua, yeah, hey, I believe that's her name. Yeah, she, yeah, she changed. Yeah, I thought I thought it was great. Uh, you know, I thought the, you know the one thing is that of course Daniel Kaluuya, 
doesn't necessarily look like Fred Hampton, but I thought that he did an admirable job, especially with him being British, to, like you said, yeah. get that cadence down. You know, that's the one thing I did see, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Also, you know, I, I think he kind of, I don't know if they put like a, a bodysuit on him, but he, he looked more rounder than husky like uh fred he hampton did. Did. like fred hampton yeah, looked fred like he was, was like an for sure right correct yes 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 so um you know but i thought he did a real good job of with the cadence and the way that he you know his mm -hmm. energy was and just how laid back he was in certain scenes like the first image whenever uh he spoke to those students at the university when he right. first met deborah you know and he had kind of had mm -hmm. his head tilted and she was talking about malcolm x college and just that right you know that little smirk he gave you know I, mm -hmm. just certain details i thought that he did you know really well and i kind of consider him sort of like a character actor i think he can play like so many different roles because i think this is right. completely different than like what he did in queen and you know uh, queen and slim or that's right get out or uh, black uh, panther black what, panther yeah. you know you, mm -hmm. you know so he definitely knows how to you know mold his acting to this character lakeith stanfield as we talk you know he's like a personality actor you know like you said you <laughs> yeah. can just put him in anything and he mm -hmm. knows how to use his personality to sort of give the intentions based off of his character you know but right. this one i really felt that he really kind of dug down deep and of course as you mentioned earlier he had an interview where he talked about actually having to go through therapy you know after yeah. this almost borderline heath ledger and the joker sort of method acting exactly he got so much That's into right. this man's head as far as the fbi informant for the black panthers and sort of what he mm -hmm. had to go through internally you know that definitely had an effect on him and i thought that he did a wonderful job and he looked very much like so Bill much like him yes oh my goodness yes, as you guys can see that's lakeith on the left and that's uh william o'neill on the right i mean you look look at the eyes i mean it's yes. like it's like it, this could be his daddy almost it's really close yeah very close yes yes but then uh, but then uh dominique uh fishback she was in that movie with jamie fox um that uh came out on the netflix. netflix movie yes uh yeah. i'm trying to see if, uh uh project power um she she was it's in a good that. movie yeah, it was a decent movie, yeah, you know, but yeah, it was good movie. to see her to get some work, you know, it was definitely good to see her mm -hmm. do some work in this. And I thought she played the role really well. And, you know, she was sweet and, you know, it wasn't like yeah. she had to be like super beautiful or nothing. You know, she was just this good girl. And I thought her and uh, Daniel Kaluuya had great chemistry. You trying to say she's not cute? She's cute. I'm not saying okay. that. No, I'm not saying that. But, you know, like, <laughs> but, you know, they would have put Zoe Saldana, know. you know, in the role like they yeah. did. Well, with, with, well I know, but I think I think that has a lot to, that that has a lot to do with the fact that Fred Hampton Jr. and his mother mm -hmm. were you know uh, consultants, consultants on the movie, and, and right. I, she really and they and what I liked about her, I was reading a little bit back on her on Dominique Fishback. She mm -hmm. is really thoughtful. Like mm -hmm. she mm -hmm. actually, you know, um, we were just talking about how there wasn't a whole lot of scenes of her and Fred together, and probably mm -hmm. just in real life they weren't together that long. I mean, mm -hmm. they met and shortly after that you know, what happened to him. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. but she, as um, the actress said that she wanted to bring a little bit more romance mm -hmm. to their dynamic and mm. whatever she brought, I actually think she really, she really did a good job with that because their scenes were so few and far between, but she really felt like in those short moments that they were together, yeah. they actually were like in love. It was a mm -hmm. budding romance. You really felt that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the thing is though, they didn't have really that many scenes together, you know, I mean, really oh, for a love and of course the story, and we'll get to that later. But, you know, I think that with the scenes that they had to, for us to believe by the end that they were in love and about to start a family and it was genuine, I 100% mm -hmm. bought it. I mean, I 100% felt that. Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, it was, it was, it was just well done. It was just well done. And, um, and of course, you know, we want, I, you know, I like to give the shout outs to uh, 
you know, the set, you know, designers and things like that. Yeah. So, you know, like the production design, yeah. you know, and here's I a, think a the, video of you know, actually uh, Shaka, you know, sort of giving his background on, you know, I mean, this is, you know, in the uh, show notes, um, as far as, you know, this interview of him talking about his process and sort of, you know, the set design. But, you know, one thing that never gets, you know, brought up is like how important setting the stage, especially of 1969 Chicago, you know, during that time in the costumes right. and making the shoes are right and making sure the hair is right. And, you know, we didn't have a Starbucks cut moment. <laughs> wink, wink. Thank you know, God. We didn't, we didn't have none of that, you know, but if you look at the sets here, you know, in the living room and just the leather and the carpet and, you know, the mm -hmm. lighting and everything like that, you know, this four by three frame, you know, I think they did a really good job of making sure that we stayed in 1969. They did. I mean, like I was saying earlier, they, this wasn't obviously like a, um, you know, like a huge set that required, mm -hmm. you know, these like mm -hmm. elaborate, you know, set designs, elaborate costuming, mm -hmm. but they got it right. You know, mm -hmm. the, what, what they had to do, they got it right. And mm -hmm. one thing that I've, I've told you that drives me nuts is when I'm watching a period movie and I see a current car drive by right. <laughs> or a current car parked somewhere. Oh my goodness. They did a really mm -hmm. good job with maintaining that, with maintaining that 1968, 1969 kind of mm -hmm. time frame. Mm -hmm. The, um, you know, all the clothes were appropriate. The hair was appropriate. Um, mm -hmm. As you stated, like his living room looks like, you know, split split Fourier house, you know, that was big in, 19, in the mid centuries, like a, mm -hmm. like a typical mid century house. Mm -hmm. um, so it was perfect, a perfect, um, you know, set for them to, mm -hmm. to be shooting in. And then of course, like the restaurant scenes and the, uh, the bar scene, mm -hmm. um, really good job. They yeah, did that, a really yeah, good job with, with kind of encapsulating that time yeah. frame. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry. And I mean, yeah, but, you know, even okay. whenever they raid it, you know, even at the uh, Black Panther's office, you know, like the old school mm -hmm. filing cabinets, you know, the metal yep. joints, you know, I mean, they, I yep. think they did a really good job, um, especially considering that they only was working with a $26 million budget. And of course, you know, That's me right. and you, you know, $26 million budget all day long, but you know, right. for Hollywood, I mean, that's, that's not a, you know, that's not a lot of money. You know, I mean, yeah, what, uh, a little for, small, I, and they were, they were begging to get that. And they, <laughs> they were begging, begging to get that, begging just to get that $26 million. So yeah. to, to make sure that that money was allocated correctly. So then, like you said, we didn't see any, you know, we, they kept us at that time, continuity, the continuity yeah. of the time, exactly. The outfits, the hair, you know, everything like that. I thought they did a really good job on that. So I definitely give them a thumbs up for that for sure. I do too. You know, okay. And oh, and then, back to the acting too. to keep mm -hmm. those you know jack and and all those kind of like you know slang terms that we would hear um in some of these older films in the 70s right. they made sure to kind of write that in so it felt again like right. it was a 1969 1968 production mm -hmm. and sorry folks about that uh technical glitch um you know just something with the system went on but we are still rolling though we are still here so sorry about that yeah uh-huh we, we still here so um but yeah no i i 100 agree with what you were saying as far as the um you know set design and making sure that we stayed within that period you know i mean i think that was crucial 
that we, you know, stayed within that time and, you know, that we felt what was going on during that time. I 100% agree. Now, the other thing, you know, that I would like to, you know, get to is the score and the music. Did you, you know, what did you think about that? What did you think about the music? Um, Another you know, subtle this. choice, but it, mm-hmm. it it added to the intense moments, mm-hmm. and like specifically because who was the most who felt the most intensity in this movie? Bill O'Neill, Lakeith Stanfield's character, yes, yes, absolutely, <laughs> Bill O'Neill. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that music following him was really great. I think it added to um, the kind of I mean, not to use such a heavy word, the nefariousness of Bill mm-hmm. O'Neill and what he was right. actually doing, um, and the self servingness of his character and mm-hmm. who he was. Um, it added to that kind of like du- duality mm-hmm. that he was, you know, he was living, you know, in that time frame when he was infiltrating the Panthers. So mm-hmm. I think they did a good job with keeping, um, keeping the score um, in that kind of jazz format. Mm-hmm. What are your mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that? No, I thought I, I, exactly, you know, especially with jazz being sort of improvisational. I really think right. that they did a really good job whenever they did the transitions. You know, like whenever right. he transitioned, you know, from the outside into the car to uh, I, mean, I mean i'm sorry into the pool hall uh whenever mm-hmm. he rocked whenever he stole the card you know and then him escaping whenever the gentleman who was the informant for the um fbi i uh, can't remember his name he yeah. was the one who said that he killed the black panther in the movie you know but then come to find out that he was an informant you know like during right. that scene it yeah. was like really tense um the interrogation scenes you know right. i think they did a really good job especially playing with the piano and the horns and making it real jazzy yes. and improvisational to where it just sort of heightened the uh, energy of the of the room for sure mm-hmm. that's right yeah they did a good job with that for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep and then the other part that we would like to talk about is the directing you know what did you think about the directing so Shaka, um, he actually does not have a whole lot of films underneath his belt. I think, mm-hmm. what is this, maybe like his fourth or fifth production yeah. mm-hmm. that he's been mm-hmm. a part of? Yeah, he did a movie called um, Newlyweds and a couple of some t- some stuff on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and did he do the movie that you love with Lakeith that you can't stand? <laughs> I say yeah. you love, but I know you can't stand. Yeah. No, no I, don't, no, I don't think he did that one. Uh, there was another guy. Okay. Sorry to bother you. No, that was that was Sorry another to guy. Sorry bother you. The yeah. guy, Charles D. King, or I believe that's his name, the, the, the guy who produced the film. Um, yeah, he he produced. Sorry to bother you. Okay, so he was okay. I knew that one of them did it. Okay. Yeah, Charles. I D. thought King. that he yeah, did Charles a great job. Okay, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm, thought that mm-hmm. he did. A, I thought the directing yeah. was really really good. Actually, mm-hmm. um, it kept me engaged. Um, I think he made some really good choices with like like specifically. I'm thinking about like the scene. Even though I felt like that scene could have been slightly longer, the scene with the shootout between yes, yes. the two black panther members and mm-hmm. the cops mm-hmm. um i thought he did some good some good work with in that scene there's mm-hmm. a couple different scenes that i think he did really good work and cinematography wise i think he did really good some really good work specifically because this was probably his first like not even that's a big budget but we'll just say like mm-hmm. bigger budget films i think the newlywed film was um uh, an independent film mm-hmm. so for him to mm-hmm. for this to be probably one of his like bigger budget films i think he did fantastic actually yeah i directing. think i, I think he did I a think I think he did a really good job. And one like thing that is subtle, you know, but it's definitely a director's choice of how he always had uh, Lakeith Stanfield character lurking, you know, like even, yes. you know, yeah. like he was always sort of had this like wide angle lens on him where he was sort of like in the background, but then it was kind of blurry, you know, I, I, I don't know, yeah. like, like he always felt 
this mood of him sort of like looking over somebody's shoulder. You know, I, I thought yeah, that him yeah. setting up those scenes or like whenever we first get introduced to Fred Hampton and he's on the chalkboard talking about, uh, you know, uh, socialism against capitalism, right. things like that. And sort of how they, right. and you didn't even know that Bill was in there and he was talking about, you know, we can get missiles. And he was like, oh, these niggas got so these missiles. Niggas got, these missiles. Niggas. <laughs> You know, just that whole yeah. setup, you know, I thought I thought was just, uh, you know, well done. I just thought it was just well, you know, well done. The cop, you know, the car scene was good. I even thought that the how they did the, um, unfortunately, the assassination scene, you know what I'm saying? Like how they had Deborah walking um, out of the room, you know, and then yeah. how they showed in the background, the police were there and it was like, oh, this one seems like he might make it. Boom, 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 you know. Just oh, how no. that whole he feel was now. was was just awesome. You know, I I, I thought there was so Actually, many great moments in there. That that particular scene felt like exactly how I imagined it. Like when mm -hmm. I heard about the story and read about the story years ago, they literally took it out of my head. I feel like he did such a good job with that mm -hmm. particular scene. And yeah, every like if you go back and listen to the interviews with with Deborah, um, mm -hmm. the way she, the way that she kind of like you know detailed that whole night, mm -hmm. he almost like to the T directed it exactly how it happened, mm -hmm. exactly how she said it. Mm -hmm. And some of the rest that were there, the others that mm -hmm. were there. Mm -hmm. um, and to go back on your Lakeith uh, comment about how he shot him, I agree. There's a couple different shots that he did that I love. Like one of my favorite, so one of the things about Lakeith's character that kind of annoyed me was him trying to overdo uh, the whole rat thing. Like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna kill him, yes. I'm gonna kill you know, oh, if yeah. I'm like, you know, a couple of those scenes right. were a little overdone. Like in yeah. reality, if we mm -hmm. were all in that kind of setting and he's still talking about this rat thing, we, I think we'd right. all be like, right. you still snitch. talking about it? Like, <laughs> yeah, like you've talked about this for like yeah. at least two minutes. So right. you're, it's a little bit too long. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so that mm -hmm. was a little bit, you know, gave it away to me um, mm -hmm. in that scene. But the way he shot him after he, did all his big diatribe about the snitch and then he run, mm -hmm. you know, runs out of the building in the back mm -hmm. and gets in the car. Every time he shot him in the car, I loved the follow when he followed yes. him to the car, yep. in the car, he's backing up smirking. Mm -hmm. Like that whole scene, every, mm -hmm. <laughs> that whole scene, like that, that really was good. Like there's a couple different scenes that almost always take place in the car that he did right. with, with Lakeith's character that I really liked. Right. Especially the one whenever uh, the comrades uh, had him, you know, whatever they found out that he stole cars and then how he had the hot That's wire. Right. You know, that was that was That's just right. there was great moments that they definitely was able to capture. And then once again, the relationship between Fred and Deborah's character and really not them having that much space to be able yeah. to have this love really build, you know, through the narrative, because, you know, as we will talk, it wasn't their story. Um, That's right. But, but with the moments that they did have, I think they did a really good job of making sure that um, those scenes were brought out really well. So I, th I thought, yeah, I, I thought Shaka did an, a, an admirable job. His thing. But, you know, his, <laughs> he did his thing with what my man had, with what my man had. He and did. then, you know, I agree. and of course the last thing, you know, we like to talk about is, you know, the writing, you know, the writing aspect mm -hmm. of the film and sort of, you know, how we felt about that. Um, and, and, you know, how did you, well, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go? Which one? I don't know. Ladies, I'll, I'll go ahead and go. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll alley you, you. I'll assist you. <laughs> okay, I appreciate. It. Um, <laughs> so, like I said, when I first watched it, I liked it. I, I did not dislike it. I liked mm -hmm. it, but I walked away wanting. I was wanting something else, and I yes. think just based off this conversation online, I think a lot of people were wanting more Fred. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I think most black people have this visceral reaction to snitching, to snitches, mm -hmm. to rats, any of that type of 
I mean, that's in every rap song imaginable, yeah. talking mm -hmm. about snitches mm -hmm. and snitches against mm -hmm. bitches and all these things. Mm -hmm. So I think we all kind of were like, I don't want to say let down or disappointed, but kind of like, wow, so William O'Neill is the movie. Like right. he right. is taking center stage. And I don't mm -hmm. even think it's a bad thing. I just think it was a, a kind of a caught off guard because mm -hmm. we don't have a Fred Hampton story, right? Mm -hmm. Like Fred Hampton is kind of like, you know, almost folklore at this point. It's kind of bigger than who he actually was. I think he's kind of become this kind of um, mythical creature that, mm -hmm. you know, was only 21, but um, did so much in that short time span of his mm -hmm. life. So I think writing wise, I would have liked to have seen more Fred. I would have liked to have seen more organizing mm -hmm. prior to this kind of like short window of time when William mm -hmm. O'Neill infiltrated the Black Panther. About, you know, like we said before, give us, if you're going to give Scorsese and give these other guys these three hour films, give us a three hour film. I mean, some of our people deserve a three hour film too. All I would have wanted is 15 more minutes of the organizing and the mm -hmm. work that Fred was doing in the beginning of the movie. And I would have liked a little bit of um, a cherry on top of the William O'Neill story and how that ended up playing out. Mm -hmm. Something that didn't need to be another hour. It literally could have been 15 more minutes you know, of the, of the, of the film. So I wish that they would have, and again, something that we will talk about is that, um, well, we'll talk about it now. They have tried for years to mm -hmm. get this movie made and mm -hmm. none of the studios were interested. Mm -hmm. Netflix was uninterested. Nobody cared uh, mm -hmm. about doing this film um, for financial reasons. And I'm probably, I'm sure political as well, mm -hmm. but financially, um, the Black Panthers are not something that the studio wants to really sign on to. So that's mm -hmm. why you don't see a whole lot of films about, you know, the various leaders that have been in the party. Mm -hmm. um, so who knows what the original script looked like? You know, that's something that maybe we could delve into one day, but maybe the script did go into some of his like NAACP days when he was a teenager and mm -hmm. he was running, a, you know, the youth uh, unit um, in Illinois. And then mm -hmm. he, you know, said that that wasn't exactly the route that he wanted to take. Mm -hmm. So we kind of graduated on up to the Black Panther party ended up becoming you know the um the chairman very quickly at 20. Mm -hmm. um but just seeing some of the him kind of growing up and the fact that he was you know friends with Emmett Teal mm -hmm. you know his mother babysat him mm -hmm. some of those things would have been cool gems to to see in a film mm -hmm. and then um you know just to go on the William O'Neill side okay I think it's important to kind of tell this history of why our groups have been destroyed so mm -hmm. i don't a lot of people said i didn't want to hear you know i really don't want to see much of him i don't know why they did, you know, dedicated so much time to him but it's important to see how why our um you know our movements were kind of stopped dead in the tracks it's because mm -hmm. of COINTELPRO guys sorry to keep saying it but that's exactly what happened in this film you know the mm -hmm. hoover once again just did not want to see a black extremist group mm -hmm. or black liberation group i think they're called black extremists now a black liberation group mm -hmm. um kind of taking over in any sort of fashion in america it, it was a, totally against the status quo so mm -hmm. i said all that to say <laughs> writing wise ahead, i think yeah I, I think they did a, a good job i was left wanting i was left with the, wanting a little bit more but mm -hmm. what they were able to accomplish in this film and the, mm -hmm. i think it was about a two-hour film i think they did a great job but mm -hmm. again would have liked to see more fred and i'd like to see a little bit more completion of the um william o'neill story right 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 no and i agree i mean you know and of course you know shout out to everybody um i see that my aunt my auntie's in the building hey aunt linda hello hey auntie. and then omar's here and then of course uh valerie always here thank you you know yes, she's, she, hey, she's a real one you know um and you, just to read some of these uh i see omar he's talking about you know the soundtrack 
which we're going to get to. Yes. We're going to get to. We're going to get to the We're going to get to that, Omar. Right. You know, my man wanted to talk about that first. You know, he must have heard it first. Yeah, he's like, let's talk about soundtrack right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think, I think when I first saw the movie, I left sort of felt empty. You know, I was like, mm -hmm. I'm happy that it was made, but like, yeah. it wasn't filling, you know? And I think it's because yeah. of this want of like a story, a complete story, a biopic about our heroes. Yes, we do have the one yeah. of Malcolm X, but you know, I couldn't find a full biopic on Martin Luther King. Couldn't find one, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali, they didn't do it with him. They gave him Will Smith and it was only about that chunk of his life. And the way that I think right. from what I wanted, I felt the writing where Bill O'Neill was the central character and the plot was Fred Hampton. And he and, and it was the plot mm. based around how he was going to get killed and then how Bill O'Neill navigated his way through that. So it felt like Bill O'Neill's character was pushing the narrative as far as from a movie standpoint. He was like pushing the narrative yeah. of getting closer and closer to what eventually was going to happen to Fred Hampton. I think that's where some people got a little disappointed because we right. wanted a Fred Hampton. Cause I mean, as black filmmakers coming up, especially in film school, when we heard about Fred Hampton, I was on it. I wanted to do a Fred Hampton right. immediately. Like, you know, with my friends, you know, back at A&T, Aggie <laughs> Pride. Um, right. But you know, I, uh, so I think that's what I left with is that I didn't feel fulfilled with the movie. And I think my anticipation was, I thought what I was getting a Fred Hampton movie yeah. And instead, we got a Bill O'Neill movie. And of course, they tell us this in the poster. I mean, you know, I'll even bring up the poster again. You know, they have Lakeith Stanfield's character in the foreground. And, you know, Fred Hampton's character is in the background. So they right. were sort of hinting to us. kind of sets us. it up there. They, it <laughs> yeah. set it up, you know, right there in the poster, you know. So if you were disappointed because it wasn't a Fred Hampton movie, you know, you can't <laughs> you can't be mad. But that's where I wish that yeah. I that they would have done is that I wish a Fred Hampton movie would have come out first. Or, you know, like we were talking about about the, you know, the troubles that they had making this movie. Right. You know, um, because they started trying to make this movie in 2014. The Lucas twins, who are comedians, started mm -hmm. trying to pitch this idea. Uh they got Shaka involved. Then they got Ryan Coogler involved. Then they got Daniel yeah. Kaluuya involved, Lakeith Stanfield, and then Charles D. King, who's a producer, said he was going to put up half the budget. And, yeah. and they still couldn't get the movie made. It took them about five years. I think they finally got it done in 2018, yeah. 2019, and then shot it um, in 2019 because they wanted it to come out last year. But, of course, the pandemic pushed everything right. back. But, of course, with it being Black History Month, after what we've been going through, this was the perfect time to drop a movie like this. Um, right, right. And it would have yeah. been the 50th. Uh, they probably wanted it like his 50 year, you know, when he was killed. I think that's probably what they were aiming for. Yes. Yes. The anniversary of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but, you know, it's yeah. just been a long struggle, you know, but not just with them, but then also there's other filmmakers. You know, I know you had talked about the mother and, um, or would you like to talk about the mother and the son and what they were trying to do? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they have been trying to do a movie about Fred for a while and they had attempted doing an independent film. I'm going to say, Sometime in the 90s, do not quote me. It was at least at least 25, 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And they had most deaf actually as Fred Hampton. They actually had already had him sign on to it, but it just fell apart and never was able to get made. Um, and we've talked about that. It's like, you know, why? Like, why is that? Like, why didn't like a John Singleton or a Spike Lee, like, you know, why didn't they reach out to them? Or why didn't, you know, there, there, there's all these black powerful, um, you know, media people that could have that could have helped push this along and I think mm -hmm. 
I think partly because it's, again, there's some politics still involved. There's still, um, some people still just don't want to touch the Black Panther Party in general. I mean, it's like people still have a very visceral reaction to the party. They still have a lot of misinformation that had been put out there in the media for years that have kind of become gospel to people and they just kind of mm -hmm. believe it at this point. I think there's just still a lot of pushback. I mean, they even, there was something, there was a bill, I think it was either something that was about to be signed to actually change the name in South Side of Chicago to Fred Hampton Way. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the city said no. So it's still a lot of just kind of negative um, feelings towards the Black Panther Party and specifically some of the leaders of the party. So they just were not able to really get this done. And like we said before, the studios just, I think for the studios, they just didn't see the money appeal. I mean, that's one thing we have to understand. They can talk how they've talked all 2020 about wanting to partner up with Black media makers and wanting to put out these Black films Diverse and do all this stuff, voices. but they're still the same Hollywood. Diverse yeah, Black voices, voices they're still mm -hmm. the same. Matter of fact, we got our own Hollywood. category on Netflix. <laughs> exactly. But they're still Hollywood and they still have a bottom line and they mm -hmm. still have a, a format that they want. They still have a bottom dollar, a bottom line they're trying to get to. I mean, you know, one of the articles I was reading, a lot of people were turning away from it until they kind of switched the story a little bit to what you were saying, kind of be more um, uh, the departed, right? It mm -hmm, had to have mm -hmm, more mm -hmm. of that suspense mm -hmm. and, um, kind of thriller edge to it because mm -hmm. dramas with adults don't get made anymore. That's mm -hmm. one thing that they were they were talking about, like dramatic movies. And this is something we talked about yesterday. Mm -hmm. Romantic comedies, mm -hmm. uh, dramas are not being made mm -hmm. by Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Teen dramas are being made. Poles. Yeah. Tent poles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So teen dramas are being made, but adult, it's just not, it's not what Hollywood is focused on. So I think the writing, going back to that, they, they had to do a little bit more tweak to, to, to entice us. I don't think a, a pure Fred Hampton, Hampton story would get bought by a, a major studio yeah. because what's the appeal to them, right? They mm -hmm. had to have that COINTELPRO. They had to have the FBI as a looming dark figure that mm -hmm. took down a whole organization and, a, and individuals. They had to have that kind of thriller aspect to it because a, Fred, a true Fred Hampton story in 2021, 2020 probably won't get made unless it's an independent film or a documentary. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> pretty, I mean, pretty much because I mean, the thing is, though, the film did feel watered down because of that, you know, um, did. and, you know, with the writing, I think. Even if they were going to center it around Bill O'Neill, I do feel like yeah. at least that last part of his life, you know, that we found about, you know, that they said in the movie that he was a Panther for the uh, following five years, a couple more years, a couple yeah. more years mm -hmm. into the 70s. And then he did this interview, um, which, hold on, we can go ahead and pull that up right now. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and pull it up. Um, is it up right now? Oh, here we go. Um, how, the, you know, how he did this interview for Eye on the Prize, you know, and, you know, what happened after he did this? Well, let's suicide. let's set it up first. Well, let's okay. set it up first. So, okay. Okay. Bill O'Neill had no, no, he didn't tell anybody about mm -hmm. his his involvement with the FBI. That's not true. family members, not his ex-wife, not his son. Nobody knew that he was an informant. And mm -hmm. and you know, I don't know, but I would gather say he probably talked about the Black Panther portion to mm -hmm. his family because that's mm -hmm. a more a prideful, you know, position to 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 talk about about mm -hmm. being a part of that movement. 
-hmm. But nobody knew um, about his involvement with the FBI until the Eyes on the Prize came out in, mm -hmm. um, I think it was August 1990. Mm -hmm. But then it got, um, got uh, pulled quick, though, because of their copyright. Yeah, they had a big their copyright release. issue. Their copyright issue got pulled back. So it's starting to resurface now. So if anybody wants to see it, it's a fantastic documentary. It's on YouTube. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I've watched it twice. I, I mm -hmm. recommend watching this for sure. It'll be in the show notes. But mm -hmm. essentially, he... He had not talked about it, and his first and last interview was on Eyes on the Prize, which is what he's showing right now. Mm -hmm. um, and the day that it aired, he ran into traffic and committed suicide by car. Mm -hmm. He had tried to commit suicide several times before the same way, mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting. He had ran into traffic before and had broken his legs, um, didn't die. And then I guess a couple of years later, right when this was about to be exposed and he's about to, you know, Basically, mm -hmm. I think this was his kind of like come to Jesus, like I'm gonna get this off my chest. I've been I've been living with mm -hmm. this kind of burden for um at that point it'd been what 20 years, I guess. Mm -hmm. 1970, 1990. Yeah. Yeah, it had been about 20 years at that yeah. point. And you could tell just by looking at the, his interview that he was a conflicted and very remorseful man. You could tell. Mm -hmm. Just by the way he was speaking and just his body language and um, even the word choices that he used, um, especially the one about asking about his son, like, what mm -hmm. would you do? You know, and you could tell it was kind of made up some of the things he said, well, right. I was part of the revolution, this and that. I'm like, well, you really weren't, honey. Right. <laughs> let's right. let's keep it real with ourselves here. You, right. you were part of the dissolution. You were part of the destruction. <laughs> right. right. Um, but yeah. And he knew this. And, and, and that's the thing. And that's why I thought the, the film miss, missed an opportunity is Agreed. to have in the second act have maybe fred hampton die since you already built a story around his eventual assassination and then like you right. said spend another 15 minutes and you already said this of course but spend another 15 mm -hmm. minutes of like this this anguish that he had that he was you know a uncle tom trope you know exactly. that he he was a turncoat you know and yep. That he did everything. He he worked at the Black Panther Party for several more years. Did, wasn't involved with That's the FBI right. anymore. Tried to get his life straight, but just no, he was. About... He was. Oh what? Oh 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 oh. Okay, please inform. Please he inform was. people. Yes, I was. Yeah, um, he I was, was mistaken, involved yes. with the FBI Sorry. for many years. Uh, still, like That's concurrently right. with right. Black Panther my Party. Yep, my mistake. Yeah, my yeah. mistake. Because mm -hmm. he he helped take down a mayor, one of the Chicago, I think a Chicago, the Chicago mayor. Um, mm. 1974, 1975 or something like that. So mm -hmm. he was, I don't know when his, uh, you know, his informant uh, tenure ended, um, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, he was, he was doing it alongside with the Black Panther Party still, which again, the film doesn't do justice to mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. their kind of, um, like if, if, if he had a reckoning with them, mm -hmm. if they realized that he was, because to me, just even the way they shot that, that, that scene with them, having that shootout yeah and you could tell that 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 sister did not trust him off mm -hmm. jump from the mm -hmm. whole situation with the stolen car mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the whole thing i'm gonna oh, i'm gonna catch i'm gonna um you know go on the roof and do this mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. i'm wondering how how are they not and maybe they did and maybe i gotta find this did yeah. they not suspect him right. i mean specifically it's like he drugged him mm -hmm. he specifically drugged him they i mean they the seven or eight people that were in that apartment had to have known that he drugged him because he was not getting up. And I mean, and, and they all knew he was drugged. So it's like, mm -hmm. I'm just trying to understand how he's able to continue working mm -hmm. with the Black Panther Party, had, mm -hmm. you know, with that information that we know now. I don't, mm -hmm. I just don't know. Maybe it was just smoke and mirrors then. They didn't quite put two and two together. I don't know. Right. But the, you know, and going back to when we did our previous episode, of course, you can watch it MLK FBI when we talk about basically 
the FBI and their co-intel pro of how they basically tried to dismantle uh, Martin Luther King's, you know, organization and his reputation and his life. It's it's the same thing, you know, that they did basically here, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's 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 something I think is starting to get more light as far oh, as yeah. you know. I think right now J Edgar Hoover history probably should not be looking kind on him. Black people already knew this. I think black people already knew that J Edgar Hoover was an enemy of the state at the highest chair in, you know, uh, domestic security for the country. You know, I mean, nobody thought like, well, this black organization, they're just trying to feed kids and do healthcare and things like that, like for free for the community. But then they happen to be a threat. I don't know. But then the Klan is down in the South. Yeah, trying to stop I mean, people from... who, yeah, Hoover, I think because he had, I mean, at that point, he'd been the FBI yeah, for um, leader, yeah, for 40 something years. So mm-hmm. he had a lot of prestige, right? And these small precincts, these small kind of city local governments just wanted mm-hmm. to impress, just wanted to impress Hoover. That's why in the movie, the, the guy called him and, and he said something very kind of just like random, like, oh, uh, Fred's appeal wasn't wasn't <laughs> something or whatever and hoover's like i know it's just mm-hmm. like they were just trying so hard to brown nose mm-hmm. and just get mm-hmm. good favor with him um mm-hmm. that regardless of what he said even if what he said was complete hogwash and made no sense they were going to just follow along with it i mean if hoover said these uh these are the biggest because he said the biggest threat mm-hmm. to our country is the free breakfast program Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. the millet, not their guns, mm-hmm. not, not, you know, any of the other things that they were doing, the organizing, it was the quote unquote indoctrin- indoctrination of the mm-hmm. youth mm-hmm. in this free breakfast program. And even some of the guys, you know, obviously hindsight 2020, some of these kind of law enforcement were like, yeah, maybe he oversold that, you know, saying mm-hmm. that that was the biggest threat that the free breakfast program, but it's like, y'all were following along with it. Like mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and you, and you were, you know, you, arrested him in front of the children. You did all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff and, you know, made it seem like he took $70 or whatever worth of ice cream just right. to prove a point and all this stuff. So yeah, I mean, they just were trying to impress this man and to the detriment of our community, obviously. Right. They just were given carte blanche because of his disdain for subversive groups and mm-hmm. groups that mm-hmm. were against the status quo. He mm-hmm. gave these local policemen and sheriffs, whatever, just carte blanche to literally frame us, murder us, torture us whatever mm-hmm. they wanted to do mm-hmm. and face no consequences which as we see none of them have ever faced consequences for any of this stuff and it seems like none of them will <laughs> and and, yeah. it, and it's just unfortunate you know um yeah so i think you know and, and of course you know in the chat you know it seems like chat ain't lively today you know typically the chat you know you, you know be chiming in a little bit you know we want to know how you guys felt you know they might know, have watched do, it maybe it's a little too soon or maybe you haven't watched <laughs> it well you know it's been seven days you know but i definitely you know i, I don't know you want to do a, a 10 you know rating out of 10 you know what i'm saying because that's what most people would do right you know they do a mm-hmm. rating out of 10 as far as like what they feel is um you know sort of a a, a, a movie and you know speaking of that you know rotten tomato came mm-hmm. out with their score and what did they say they said that it was 96 percent, meaning that out of the 231 reviews um what 230 of them were all positive that's <laughs> you actually know. fantastic to me i mean you're talking about rolling that's stones great. new york times la times um you know 
everything. And then the other important thing is that the audience score, which of course people who you know leave movie theaters and part of that sort of survey system, they also gave it a ninety six percent score. Um, which is awesome. I don't know, yeah, which is great. I mean, you know, but the thing is though, chat and Amber, is mm-hmm. it almost a hundred? You know, percent is it almost certified? Yeah, I guess it's certified fresh now. But is it a you know a nine and a half? You know, quality movie. You know, and I do know that also. You know, uh, not to be unfair to um, Rotten Tomato, but then you know IMDb also had their score up, and they said that theirs is a little bit lower. They said seven point eight. You know, was the score for this one. So, wh- where do you sit at on as far as uh, your rating? After seeing it, I'm, I'm more, it stuff. yeah, I'm more of the IMBD, but I'm probably around an eight mm-hmm. because like I said, I had to watch it again. Um, and, and for somebody, let's just say that you were literally have no idea who Fred Hampton is. Mm-hmm. You've never heard of him. You don't know what the Black Panther party is. That small snippet of what you did get. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there, let me, let me, let me actually back. I will say that they, they did a great job of portraying who Fred was, but mm-hmm. it obviously was not enough to give somebody like a whole picture of who he, he was exactly. Mm-hmm. But I think for that small, you know, just, I mean, it wasn't that much, that small time that we got with him, mm-hmm. you, can, you can see what they were for, what they were against. I think what, what might throw people off who have no kind of recollection of who um, they are or any mm-hmm. idea of who they are, might be some of the scenes that we saw um, with them killing the cops. That yeah. might be the one thing where it's like, well, Hoover was right. If mm-hmm. you have no idea, I think that they did a good job with kind of the, some of the smaller scenes with like the whole scene of like, let's blow up the city hall and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And Hamden's like, no, that's not mm-hmm. what I'm about. Mm-hmm. And some of the scenes that like, like specifically the rally when you got out of prison and right. him bringing together the Puerto Ricans mm-hmm. and that kind of white uh, alt-right group. Yep. I think that kind of summed up who he was. He, he mm-hmm. did not particularly care about color. He, he cared mm-hmm. about your ideologies. Rainbow coalition. Your ideology should be, that's it. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. he, he they painted a good enough picture of that, but I still think, like I told you, if they gave a little bit more of his backstory of what he really was about, um, I think that would have helped. And I do think that they had to because it's Hollywood put that kind of negative element mm-hmm. of like, well, the Black Panthers were also violent. Let's show these violent incidents that, that happened during that time frame mm-hmm. um, in there to give it a more full balanced picture of who the organization was. Mm-hmm. But I give it an eight. Like I said, I think they did what they could do. I'm just going, right. you know, they did what they could do. What, what do you think? What do you think? I, I'm, I'll probably give it a, a seven to 7.5. And, and, okay. and the reason I would say probably seven, five. And, and the reason why I would probably take a little bit away is because I guess this is where Hollywood keeps messing up. You know, <laughs> once again, you know, I think that it, Mm-hmm. depending on how long it took them to get through this script and whenever they first and of course this is all hindsight you know i didn't know this information when i first saw the movie when i first saw the movie i was probably gonna be like a six and a half you know i was i was like there okay. because yeah. i was just disappointed that right. fred hampton's story how they treated his story and that you know basically when i sat there i didn't think of bill o'neill as a person i thought of him as a snitch so then i was like right. this movie's about the snitch you know so i'm i'm, I'm like at yeah. a, i was at a five almost and then, of course, know. you know, you know, talking to you and then watching the movie again, uh, reading some of this backstory. Of course, there's a whole bunch of information that's out now since, you know, but, you know, this movie is so hot right now and everybody's talking about it. So all these articles are starting to come that's out right. to start opening up your eyes. And of course, that's whatever you have to take, you know, something in perspective. And so me taking it 
and looking at it from Bill O'Neill's perspective, you know, and then just looking at it from a yeah, cinematic yeah. movie standpoint, I thought that it stood up. But I am disappointed because they first, um, and once again, knowing this information in hindsight, they went to the studios to have it be like The Departed, which of course, if nobody's familiar with The Departed, it's a movie that has Matt Damon in no, it, Leonardo DiCaprio, directed by Martin Scorsese. And it's about basically snitches on both sides in a drug, you know, like like one's mm-hmm. a FBI mm-hmm. informant in the drug game. And then one person is a drug person inside the FBI. And it's like this cat and mouse game. And so they wanted to sort of build it that way. And I think that would have been awesome. And I think they could have did it in two parts. I think it could have been an Irishman length movie. I think it could have been mm. three hours long, yeah. you know, or just do it in two yeah, parts. I do too. But, but, I you know, and, and so because of the writing, once again, I think they did an admirable job with the story that they had to do. I still wanted more from it. I think yeah. it could have been longer yeah. in two parts or at least give Fred Hampton as much space as you gave, you know, uh, Bill O'Neill. And if you're going to give Bill O'Neill that much space, then I think you needed to give us more context of what his life was like afterwards, you know? And, and even and even what his life was like prior, right? Yes. Because it's like, yeah, right, all right. we really know is that he's a thief. He's a thief, right. And, all, and then the only other link I have to any sort of personal life about him is when he said that the FBI agent that he was working with was like a father to me. So I'm like, right. you, this man who was literally dangling a carrot in front of you, mm-hmm. it's like, you're either gonna go to jail for impersonating an FBI agent for stealing cars for five to six right. years, or you're going to infiltrate this, uh, you know, subversive group that we call mm-hmm. the Black Panthers that we think is trying to, mm-hmm. you know, mess up the, the white fabric of, of America. Right. So I need right. you to come in and do this. It's like, how are you that easily swayed? I'm not saying that five or six years in prison is like just nothing, like no big deal, right, right, but it's right. like, Man, you just took it like that. Like there was no, like, you know. He didn't even spend the night in the sale. He didn't spend the night in the sale. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, you. That was easy. It was an easy sale. What the heck? So it would have been nice to kind of get an idea. So I'll add that a little bit more of who the heck he was prior, why he was kind of doing the things he was doing, and then, you know, kind of the the end. I mean, to me like you said, when I first watched it, I just was like seething. I just wanted to punch, I wanted to throat chop this guy. I mm-hmm. wanted to throw, I just could not stand him. And so look, Keith, you did a great job. I want to throw chop you. Mm-hmm. I want to throw chop you very badly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that is kind of sad after like kind of rewatching it, watching some articles, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, reading some articles mm-hmm. was because we don't really know his backstory. We know mm-hmm. that, you know, he did something that I feel like um, he probably was numb to at that mm-hmm. point. Like after he kind of you know, took this deal mm-hmm. for his own self-serving purposes to not mm-hmm. go to jail for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, he at least pretended to act like, you know, he had no idea there was a murder mm-hmm. plot against Fred Hampton. Right, he thought it was just right. more so putting him in jail. You know, right. just kind of like this kind of acting as if, um, I would like to have seen a person. Cause like you said, I actually did not feel like he was a person because right. there was no meat to who he was, Mm-mm. where he came from. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't really care about him uh, that much. So that's why I think most of us, when we heard he committed suicide, we're just kind of like, because right. we don't know this man. Right. And that's the sad part I was going to say. If, there, if I had a little bit more history on this man, I'm not saying that he's a good figure in any sort of way, um, <laughs> but it is a sad story because he was a teenager too. You know yes. what I mean? He was a teenager yeah. when this happened. Um, I think he was only 17 or 18 mm-hmm. when they kind of tricked him into this. So you have to think about that. This is a 17, 18 year old lost boy. Mm-hmm. No family, I guess, uh, guidance at all and that's what he even said in the documentary he's like i had no guidance i had what would i have mlk right. that's what he said that's what right. i had mm-hmm. he didn't have any actually anybody close to him so 
that's kind of sad to get kind of caught up in something very petty, like stealing mm-hmm. cars and to end up an informant and to end up killing somebody who really who meant a lot yeah to the community so it is kind of a sad tale honestly super sad and 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 i think if they would have at least leaned into that more like i mean it was plot it was spread hampton's death was the plot and you had this character kind of weaving through there if they just would have just leaned into the snit you know into bill i don't want to call it into bill you know bill o'neill they just would have leaned into wild bill a little Mm -hmm. bit more and flushed him out then yeah we probably still you know people probably still wouldn't have liked him by the end of the movie but then at least you would have fleshed out his character. You know, you would have gave his character a little bit more right. depth, you know, through and through. Like you said, a little bit before, middle, and the, in the end. I think so. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's yeah. right. I mean, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, looking at, I know you said that you thought that Daniel was a little too old. He looked a little too old for you, Daniel Kaluuya. He, yeah, he, he. I mean, because Fred Hampton was, you know, he was 19 when he joined and he was 22, what, 21 mm-hmm. when he got assassinated. Um Right. You know, and Daniel Kaluuya is our age, you know, <laughs> and they didn't do one of them. Well, you know, I guess well, they didn't have yeah. that Scorsese money to make him look young like they did De Niro but, and Al Pacino. But, see, I don't think, personally, I don't think he looked old. I don't think he looked old at all. I actually think he looked perfect. And let me tell you why. Those men in the 60s and 70s look old and they were 19. In my opinion, <laughs> they went through a lot. I'm just saying, not just the men. Everybody, whenever I look at an old... <laughs> picture or footage of somebody who was a teenager right. in the 70s not everybody obviously right. but people that you know specifically that may have been um revolutionaries or whatever yeah, yeah, they just yeah. had an older soul and an yeah older there was more mature them. for sure they were very mature. mature because looking at fred hampton okay he does look youthful in the videos you see but right. I, I don't think i would have put him at 21 i would have thought right. he was probably leaning towards 30 well, right but you know the, the different clothing because that's where they was wearing coats with collars they was wearing slacks they were wearing hard mm-hmm. bottom shoes you know, so a bitch dress, you know, there was just like whenever he, he was talking about him in the uh, uh, interrogation room when he flipped right. real quick. You know, I love that mm-hmm. scene because they showed his raggedy shoes and he bleeding on the floor, you That's know, right. and it was like That's at right. his wits end, which was another good scene. Shocker. Good job. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I think the clothing, but I, to me, I don't know. I just like you had mentioned the guy tick like there was a rumor i guess on the interweb about mm-hmm. the guy who played tick in uh lovecraft country in lovecraft because he actually does look like him he looks he looks he he, he might have put it off the look wise but the thing is though Dana i think Kalua, height would have been a because i think what, what really sells Dana kalua is there's like height and of course we do think he's a little bit more mm-hmm. pudgy than the stocky right. but right just the stature um yeah. I, i'm not saying that the man that plays tick couldn't have gained weight like they do mm-hmm. um to do that but there was a bit of like I think Daniel had the presence needed mm-hmm. for Fred Hampton. And yeah, I think did. Tick, yeah, I'm not sure if the Tick character from uh, Lovecraft could have pulled that yeah. off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the actor could have pulled that off. But who knows? But I do think facially, yeah, yeah. looks he looks a lot like him. Right. That's true. That's true. That's true. And of course, we have some people in the chat, uh, you know, uh, uh, Uncle Phil, Uncle Pete in the in the house, you know, Chicago. And my cousin Rodney. Show. Hey, Rod. That's my cousin. He's in Okay, here. Rodney. Rodney. Um, okay. You know, um, talking about oh the Chicago Seven. We just talked about that. Have not seen we it did. yet. Have not see seen that. it yet. I don't know why I've been pressing it off, but I, definitely that's I have the been next too. Thing. I keep seeing it. I'm like I just can't keep do kicking it right the can down the street. Just keep kicking the. You know, I guess because we watch so many movies about this mm-hmm. stuff. Sometimes, yeah. man, you know, just watching the stuff. You know, sometimes you, we just need a break. Um, and then, um, Aisha, hey girl, how you doing? Hey, yeah, yeah. She said she didn't realize. Hey, yeah, hey, Tris, my brother too. Oh, 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 Tristan's in the house, young bro, bro. Yeah, he's in the house. Okay, okay, okay. So, and of course, everybody who has not, you know, been in the chat, you know, 
thank you for joining and watching the show still. Exactly. You know, we still love you. We appreciate y'all. We appreciate um, your eyeballs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so the last thing, you know, we sort of want to talk about right now, you know, uh, you know, and I guess to kind of put a bow on it, both of us sort of liked it, you know, we liked it more the second time. The first time we probably felt like a whole bunch of other black people did. Um, but then the second time watching it, sort of doing a little bit of research, we kind of gave That's it the right. benefit of the doubt. You said you gave it about an eight, right? I give it about a seven point. I, I think that seven point eight eight. Same, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. IMD, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's yeah. a good range because, like I said, rewatching it, I was like, I was getting more of the feel that I wanted yeah, the first right. time. So, and that's no. because the literature that we've read and all this stuff. So, right, 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 right. No, and I agree. I, I, I just, I just said seven point five. I'm a, you know, evens guy. You know that Libra in me. You know, I just. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I have to scale the scale. Scale can't tip too much. <laughs> oh, can't tip too much. Can't tip too much. All right. But then, you know, the other thing that we wanted to sort of uh, talk about, too. Now, if nobody. This is, this is heard, Omar's part. This is Omar. Omar, you got to come through now, baby. You got to come through. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Omar talks about he uh, that Tick would have been a better Fred for sure. He looked like him. Yeah. But I don't know. He, he might, looked. I don't know we don't the, know. He, I don't know if he had the chops, though, man. We don't know if he had the, if he had the acting You know, chops. I think. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I think he probably would have done well because he does. To me, he's a very good actor. But again, I'm not just not sure. I'm that's not true. sure body wise. I think the. Stature would have been a little, he's a little on the short side. Right, right, that's so true. So that, that might have been a little, that's true. little different. Right. Yeah. And of course, you know, we, we like to, you know, break down everything that's, you know, going on with the film. And of course, they have mm -hmm. a soundtrack. And, you know, in our culture, we are big about soundtracks. Anybody from back in the day, Above the Rim soundtrack, Men's Society soundtrack, yep. Boomerang soundtrack, you know, I mean, right. it just that's went right. well with the movie. You know, you knew where you were at in yeah. 1992 when, when Above the Rim that's soundtrack right. came out, all that. That was fire. So, right. of course, wanted to go ahead and give a quick critique on the soundtrack. Um, I could go first on this. When I first heard yeah, this, please, I thought, go ahead. Yes. When I first heard this, I thought this thing was straight trash. I did. <laughs> Hot garbage. I, I was so disappointed because I like, I, and I'm an album person. You know, I'm not one song here or there. I am, I like to take long drives. You know, matter of fact, I was taking a long drive uh, on the day that I listened to this on Friday morning. And just from one to the last song, cover to cover, I'm a cover to cover guy. And then first, you know, couple songs when they had her come in with the song that's nominated for Golden Globes. Um, Nas came in, Black Thought came in, and then you had the Nipsey Jay-Z song, which I thought Jay-Z's verse on there was just fantastic. And then you come in with Hit Boy. And then in the middle, it sort of felt a little trappy music, trying to be <laughs> uh, conscious and it really, and then I think I listened to like three songs that sort of sounded exactly the like, and then I was just tuned out. Like any song that came after that, I was sort of with, and then I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But then, of course, after talking to you and your feelings about it, I did change. So then tell us about how you felt about the soundtrack. So... <laughs> For some reason, every time I listen to it on Spotify, it just automatically shuffles, which is kind of annoying. I'm not oh, sure wow. why. So it was shuffling for me. Mm. And so the Please songs that I was hearing, I was like, okay. But okay. I wasn't able to sit down, kind of like you. I, I like to listen to it in the car. Yeah, I like yeah. to listen to my music in the car. And I wasn't able to really sit down and like absorb the lyrics like, mm -hmm. I, like I wanted to. Mm -hmm. But a couple of the songs, one that stood out for me, and I told you this many, many times, which I was really shocked was the revolutionary song by G Herbo and Hit Boy and Bump J. Yes. That song stood out. That's always because, mm -hmm. because I'm used to Jay. I'm used to Nas. I know mm -hmm. what I'm going to get. And I mm -hmm. still, I don't want to be persuaded by a complex interview that I've read about his feelings about Jay and Nas, but I'll just say that complex was not feeling any of them songs, the, mm. this particular author. Um, he said it just, 
again, you know, what, what I said, what you and I were talking about this yesterday, before I told you to re-listen to it last night Mm -hmm. was, you know, where's the public enemy feel, right? Like where's that 1990s destruction, you know, self-destruct, like, I want to hear something anthem wise that talks about, um, you know, the culture that talks about the state of the culture that talks mm-hmm. about obviously the, the tenets of, of the Black Panther Party, things they were for, the thing that Fred Hampton would, you know, some of, maybe even some of the speeches could have been intertwined in some of the songs, something I was looking for that. So I did miss some of that, that I still think that they, they kind of missed the mark on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what they were really focusing on and some of the critiques I've been seeing was the capitalism. Like there's still, Nas was still talking about his Marcialago. Nas was still talking about the various condos in different area codes. This is not Fred Hampton. And I'm not saying that um, we can't evolve into um, something different than what mm-hmm. um, the party was about in 1970, because obviously it didn't quite work. We know why it didn't work, why mm-hmm. socialism didn't work, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't fit with the film's message. If we're going to be talking about um, power to the people and letting mm-hmm. go of self, Mm-hmm. and rap is literally not letting go of self it is all about self it's like the ego music um mm-hmm. there was some miss there were some marks missed and it was kind of sad to see that the marks were missed by like the big the big names like jay and nas like i expected more from them so that's why mm-hmm. i'm glad black thought obviously mm-hmm. came through rakim came through mm-hmm. um white dave the way dave's song was really good yeah bay the area thank good. you yeah bay that, area really see mm-hmm. perk okay yeah. but uh, yeah BJ, G the Herbo, kid Ooh, that was a good yeah, song BJ too. the Chicago Kid, mm-hmm. um, White Dave, G Herbo, uh, Sir. I really like that Sir song. ASAP mm-hmm. Rocky, like I just I don't understand. I'm not understanding that. I'm not understanding. That song does Rich not belong on this album. Yeah, yeah, that and that's the name of the song, Rich Nigger Problems. It it yeah. does not fit on this album. It like, makes it, no sense. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just saying it makes it literally makes no sense, but um. The Nipsey Hustle. I thought the Nipsey Hustle ad was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the Jay Z verse. I thought Jay Z because he was talking about them people putting their feet on. Like he, you could tell they that he recorded the song this year because he was talking about the Capitol riots in this verse. You know, he started right. off the verse talking about you know. So I thought his verse was really good. And you know, I think he brought a little bit of old. Well, Jay's per- I love Jay. I personally love Jay, so I really don't have a lot to critique about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But some of the lyrics were still on the. True. I got this and that. It's like, True. well, we're not really talking about I got this and right. that. Like, can we go, can we just shift? Yeah. Use your brilliant words play and shift to, a, a, like transform yourself to 1969. Could you, and just kind of shift towards what they were working towards, even mm-hmm. if that wasn't successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but Omar made a good point when him and I were talking about this. He was like, you know, sometimes, sometimes when we listen to some of these like kind of capitalistic songs talking about what they have, mm-hmm. it's more so of like, you know, a middle finger of like, mm-hmm. I was able to surpass mm-hmm. any expectations that you had of me mm-hmm. and I'm able to flourish in, you know, despite all the roadblocks you put in my way, mm-hmm. which I was like, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that no. angle either. No. So, yeah. But, okay. So then after listening to it, you know, and, 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 and I think when I listened to it again, I was probably a little bit too critical because like what you said, and once again, my expectations for things sometimes are high. And for this, it they was are. super high. My, oh my they goodness. Like, like, like I was super Mine are very mediocre. This. You got to lift me up or put me down. It's oh like, I'm my goodness. Mediocre. Yeah. yeah I, once again, I'm all <laughs> off the scale. You know, I was super, I'm, I mean, as soon as I saw this trailer, I've been talking about it. Matter of fact, I feel like I I've know. talked about this movie on this show about three times you before have. we even, <laughs> so I was you super have. excited. So you were already hype, hype, hype. Boom, bought in, bought in. And so, 
yeah, I thought that the album wasn't curated correctly. I think, you know, I think uh, Uncle PD's in there talking about they should have used probably used more older school music from that time. Yeah, there was yes. no music yeah. that sort of fit That's that right. sort That's of... That's a good point. That uh, uh, Curtis Mayfield sort of feel. You know what I'm saying? Now, in the movie that itself... Is, that's what I was missing. Yeah, that yeah. Is, he's exactly right. Yeah. That's what I was missing. Yeah, yeah. They, um, you know, they should have mixed them in. Because, like, Al Green has a new song out. His, right. his sort of feel could have been in there. And I think that there wasn't enough R&B in it. You know, it was just too much hard rap and what yeah. were some of the songs yes i like them just listening to them in a silo you know listening to each of these yes. songs in a silo but then as a compilation about a story about the assassination of fred hampton and what that meant to the community i felt that this was a mismark i think salon should have been on here where's j cole where's drake you know i mean some of the heavy hitters right. where's beyonce especially now that she yeah. changed her whole thing to where black is king where's little baby know, Lil i mean baby. honestly we're gonna be uh, Where's little baby? You know, where's little baby at? E- even Jeezy got a got a got a revolutionary yeah, song that's, that's out. Right. You know, you even got the old school cats. So I thought that, you know, and you could tell, like, yeah, they were going after the money, and they were going after the younger kids too. Like, oh, we need to because I don't, I didn't even know some of these people, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, I I know a lot of people. I don't know. I don't know Smino. Sorry, I don't know Hit Boy. I don't. I think actually Hit Boy may have been a producer of this. Yeah, yeah, he was a producer on, um, on a couple of these joints. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but uh, I, I, yeah, but but your but your uncle is absolutely right. Yeah. Actually, in the movie itself, I was missing that kind of Cadillac old 1960. Yeah, I man, was missing that. Yeah, even in Curtis... the movie, they could have put a little something in there. Right. With that in the movie, I was missing that, and I'm missing that in the soundtrack. So that yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, they, almost they like how um, dropped the ball on that. Almost like how Dead Presidents did, like Dead Presidents the soundtrack, which I saw that that's you put right. into the booty call, the Black Panther soundtrack, Above the Rim soundtrack. <laughs> you you know, I, I see we naming off our soundtracks, which. Uh, Tristan, I have to disagree, brother. That Black Panther soundtrack, because of the reasons that we're talking about now, it was a Kendrick Lamar album. As a Kendrick Lamar album, the Black Panther album is dope. But as a Black Panther for the movie, I wasn't feeling it. Just like I wasn't, you know, just like I like some of the songs on this album, but I wasn't feeling it for the compilation for this sort of uh, movie. That's just me. The best one that I've seen or heard recently that has been sort of on point and on uh, script was the mm-hmm. Birth of a Nation soundtrack about uh, Nat Turner. Even though the movie was trash, <laughs> the soundtrack is super dope. Super dope. Is it really? Okay, well, I'll oh. look into that because, you know, I have avoided... You have so- you've talked about Birth of a Nation so bad that I'm even afraid to even waste my two hours yes. to even watch it. No, I was... Just, just do the soundtrack. I mean... <laughs> You can watch it, but once again, you say you like train wrecks. You say you like to watch some train wrecks, though. You say you like to... Every now and then. Right, right, Every right. now and then. Okay, so then, is there any any final thoughts that we want to give on this? I mean, I know we've, you know, covered, obviously, we're over our, our time, so we're about to wrap this up. But um, any any final thoughts that you may have, Miss Gray? I think that um, I'm hoping... So this is one of those things where we don't know yet because it just came out. I'm hoping that this does so well that it again is like a middle finger to all the studios that said, I don't want this, this won't make money. Nobody cares about this story. Mm-hmm. It's just not worth doing. I hope that this movie does well, just as a middle finger. Because even though we have our issues with, not I won't even say issue, we wish, I wish they would have done certain things um, mm-hmm. in that scope of like a two hour frame or two and a half hour frame of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is still a movie that should it, like that should be shown that sh- that should have been made um even if we're salty about the fact that it is about the Judas mainly um mm-hmm. i do think this this is a film that deserves um all of our view you know mm-hmm. our our viewership on top of 
I'm glad that it was made and I hope it does well so we can see more of this. Because maybe, maybe this does so well that somebody actually gets funded to do a strictly Fred Hampton movie, you know, a strict or strictly, you know, Eldridge Cleaver or whoever, whatever other Black Panther that we literally don't have a movie on. Right. Um, maybe this cat is a catalyst for it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I hope. Yeah. And 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 I would I would agree, you know, but I feel like we've been it feels like that's repetitive. It feels like we're always waiting for like one movie, like Black Panther. You know what I'm saying? We really, people really went out to Black Panther. It was good, but really people mm-hmm. wanted to really sh- stick it to the band and be like, no, we can support our films and we want to see yeah. more things like this. <laughs> Haven't seen yeah. much Warrior Princess movies, you know, coming out the woodworker books or anything well, like that. You yeah. know, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's been a, I mean we, yeah, okay, not in droves. But again, don't forget, we've talked about the whole change yeah. in landscape of filmmaking in general. That's true. That's true. There's not a whole lot of films. No, there's not a whole lot of films. There's not like a film. Leaning, we're leaning towards series right now. So mm-hmm. I'm seeing I'm seeing a slow, a slow crawl. You know, right. we talked about the old guard. We had a black, you know, black kind of like a mortal black girl with a right. Charlie Theron in that movie. You know, we've had a couple mm-hmm. films here. And then the movie you brought up with uh, Jamie Foxx. So we've had a couple... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've seen, I mean, I personally have seen a little bit, an increase, but again, the film industry is just not the same. So we're just right. not going to see, right. we're not going to see a black movie because of just that budget. Right. We're not going to see that for right. a while. And interesting, you know, I mean, your brother, he's probably right. You know, these type of movies are hard to watch, you know, um, and, you know and, and, and that's a conversation I mean, you have a lot of, as mm-hmm. far as like, maybe these narratives, even though probably people like us probably want to see them, you know, there's a lot of people who are like. I don't want to keep be reminded about that's right. what we've gone through. So that's definitely for a show at another time. But that's do, actually that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it, it, it is. You know, so I think you know I, my final thoughts is that I think that it's a it was a good effort. I do wish that they would have done mm-hmm. more. Um, but I think Shocket with the resources that he did with Kugler uh, and the Lucas brothers and David King and the whole crew and cast and people that were involved in this, I thought they did an admirable job to at least bring attention to Fred yeah. Hampton so where people can start actually researching him more um mm-hmm. and you know and what he was standing up for and then really point to like this man was assassinated by the FBI yeah, I mean, by the Chicago police exactly. with the help of the FBI and at least that you can't take away they they told that That's as right. truth is plain and you have to give him some credit for that so I'm happy and proud that they were able to knock that out yeah, me too. And I'm hoping that this is kind of like that change. I mean, I think we always hope that there's some sort of catalyst to help change like the youth, you know, the youth mm-hmm. mind, the, uh, the things that they focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, I brought this to your attention yesterday, or mm-hmm. I just talked about this yesterday. I'm hoping that when they do research him, right. they see all that he did mm-hmm. at 21 mm-hmm. and died at 21. Mm-hmm. So there's really no excuse for us to kind of say, um, you know, I'm too young, or I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not able youth movements are literally what the civil rights movement are about it's the youth it, it, it so creates it's like change everywhere it creates change so mm-hmm. i'm hoping that that's at least a catalyst for you know the kids now to see listen this guy did so much mm-hmm. um gave his life for the culture um let's try to do more of that and less of trap music less of you know the, the negativity within mm-hmm. the community mm-hmm. hopefully that's some sort of catalyst in that regard yeah, it, honestly, what I think, and, um, you know, shout out to Uncle Pete. He's waiting for our movie. And the thing is, though, we probably going to have to be oh. independently produced. So now the thing is, though, we we might not, we might have to do a modern film, We you know, unless, mm-hmm. you know, once we get our bucket out. But I think right. what I'm hoping is that, especially with the creation of, like, shows like we're doing right now and more Black creators starting to do these things, you know, maybe 
start hopefully starting this coalition of creating movies together you know and yeah. you know really making sure that these stories don't get watered down because yeah shock and them they should have had the movie to tell the story that they wanted to tell not the story that hollywood allowed them to tell so my final thought exactly is that right. I just I just hope that you know content creators like ourselves and other black content creators out there, which you know eventually we're going to show some love to some independent filmmakers that have some stuff out there. Of course, highlight some of the yep. stuff that we're working on and that we've done. And I think we just need to start you know just having that. And I think that by transitioning the black dollar to that support of independent black films, Hollywood will start noticing that, and then they're going to start trying to do copycat. But then that's when we can't get caught. That's when we can't get caught. That's the thing to where we have to make sure that we are continuously supporting what used to be the Robert Townsend's and the Keenan Ivory Wayans and the Spike Lee's during those days. And then Hollywood started jumping out with their movies and right. then we just stopped supporting um, the black filmmaker. So I think that's, that's exactly right. We got to get back to that kind of um, collaboration over competition kind of mindset. Like we need to collaborate and we need and collaboration, meaning the audience, like we need yes. without you, there's who's viewing it. So it's like, we need Correct. people to, to not wait for the Hollywood uh, machine yes. to roll by with whatever film and just Correct. literally support these small mm -hmm. independent, you know, production houses. And of course films, like whenever I see something new pop up on Amazon mm -hmm. or Netflix and, you know, I'm like, I'll give it a shot. But again, sometimes because of how we are and how we mm -hmm. view things, it's hard for us to get past some, <laughs> some of the issues that we see when we're viewing some of these things, but we right. have to kind of allow each other that grace to fail forward and right. put the viewership you know, right. on these films and television shows that might be independent. Absolutely. Don't have that money to really create that polished look. Right, right, absolutely. And of course, on that note, hit them thumbs up for your folks because at least that's how y'all are supporting us. Um, yeah, we're not asking for any donations or any money right now. You know, we're just doing this for the love of the craft and the love of the people. So of course, you know, anything that you can do to help us is absolutely free. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe, notify, puts us in the algorithm. And then of course, then, our film that we are working on actually, you know, behind the scenes together to co-produce something, you know, then we'd be able to get, you know, that information, that film out there to you. Cause it's going to be fire. Um, exactly. And of course, to go into it, you know, now that we've come to the end of the show, you know, we've been on for a little bit longer, you know, we're trying to cut them down shorter. Uh, so apologies for the people who had to jump off early cause we over our time, but going into next episode, we're going to be talking about the golden globes. But the thing is though, we're going to do the golden globes, through a culture lens style. And you know how we do, you know how we roll, you know. Um, we're going to talk about who's going to be in what categories. Of course, you know, who do we think may win, you know. And of course, obviously, you review. We do have um, a link to the nominations in the show notes. Um, you know, if there's any show that you may have, you know, and also people of color, you know what I'm saying? Like where are they nominated at? Not just on screen, but also most important behind the screen. Ain't that right? That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Yep. So we'll be doing that next week. And um keep in mind we might have to change days um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the next week or so but we'll, we'll know more about that in the next couple days so we'll just keep mm -hmm. everybody that you know we're in contact with abreast of those possible changes absolutely absolutely so of course big up and of course tristan let us go out he's saying that danny glover wanted to do a film about the haitian revolution but hollywood wouldn't back him unless he added a fictional white savior of course i've heard that story i haven't heard that story so i'm not sure if that story but i've heard from other um, African-American or black uh, filmmakers who have been told that they're only going to get a certain budget if they actually have a Caucasian co-star in the film with lines. Yeah, so that's, yeah. So it's something that's never going to stop. It's something that's never going to stop. But, you know, can't stop, won't stop. And that's why we got to keep pushing. 
Keep on pushing. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you guys. Please hit the hit the notification bell so you know when we're coming on. And please mm -hmm. like, like uh, you know, in the channel, subscribe. Please, thank you. We appreciate Absolutely. you all so much. And share. And if you know other people that uh, yes, you know, may like this uh, this information, once again, it's free. Definitely love the support. All right, y'all. And That's we'll right. be ready for y'all next week. Love y'all and peace. Peace.